Welcome to the world's first Straight Talk SolarCast. This is your go-to podcast for answers about solar. Brought to you by Solar Harmonics in Northern California, who invite their customers to own their energy by purchasing a solar panel system for their home, business, or farm. Each episode, we discuss questions facing people making the decision to go solar. The solutions to your questions are given to you straight by one of the leading experts in the solar industry, Jamie Duran, president of Solar Harmonics. Feel free to search our library for answers to questions that you're facing when considering solar. And now, here's Adam Duran, our host with the questions, and Jamie Duran, our solar expert with Straight Talk SolarCast. Hello, Jamie. Hello, Adam. How's everything in the land of solar this week? It's always changing, always changing, always something something new to talk about. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's perfectly beautiful weather. I think we're supposed to be hitting 100 in the next week. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, <sighs> but in any event, we have kind of what I predicted happening, uh, two, two things that are actually happening. Uh, the first one is people who you know, are starting to get these really high electric, high usage electric vehicles like mm -hmm. the Ford F-150 or, uh, you know, Tesla Model S, whatever, whatever big or, you know, the GMC Hummer, mm -hmm. as they're getting those cars, they're figuring out that, wow, we need a lot more solar because <laughs> we're getting, you know, $600, $800 electricity bills, oh. but we have solar uh, and, you know, but we've more than doubled or tripled our capacity. And they think, oh, well, solar is a no-brain. They have no idea about the NEM or anything. You know, they just live their life, which is perfectly fine, perfectly understandable. And then there's – so in the past, it was very easy. We would just add as many solar panels as their roof could handle. They're back, back in business, and it mm -hmm. made getting an electric car a no-brainer. Well, now, as they're adding these high-usage either heat pump or electric vehicle or – both or whatever, and they want to add more onto their solar panel system, adding anything more than two solar panels. So the PG&E is allowing one kilowatt. So if each panel is say 400 watts, that's two solar panels, uh, that moves them into the and net energy metering 3.0, oh. where the, and so their previous install and their new install gets moved into the NEM 3.0. And that means they lose a lot of their credits on the excess power. And so then it makes sense for them to add batteries. And I can hear you glazing over already <laughs> because that adds a lot more expense well, that's, and a lot. Yeah, ten or $20,000 more right there for one or two batteries. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And... Uh, it's it's a problem. It's a process. And now where it was a no brainer before now, they're like, oh, my God, what have we done? If we would have known that we never would have bought this big electric vehicle or this heat pump. It makes no sense. Wow. Because now solar does it. It still makes sense. It's okay. still a savings. It's just not a no brainer for them. And it's going to make it tougher for sure on uh, solar customers. Uh, but then. In a previous podcast, we had talked about the duck curve, and then that's where uh, the solar, you know, there's high usage before the sun comes out. So that's the tail of the duck. Mm -hmm. And then there's high solar power that's coming online every day. There's new installations that are coming online. 
and that makes kind of the belly of the of the energy curve. So that means solar is being produced during the middle of the day. Right. So we don't need the utility as much. And then it really ramps up in the afternoon as people are coming home from work and using more power. And then all the way into the evening when there's no solar uh, generation. And the big concern was how does the utility company manage those, you know, the tail and the head of that duck when there's no, you know, do they have to use natural gas or hydroelectric or nuclear or, or even coal to supplement those high uh, periods where solar is not uh, not available? Right. And so uh, it's really starting to happen right now. <laughs> There's going to be some big, big deficits uh, during the nighttime. And so the utilities are saying, hey, you know, we don't really have a solution for this and so and that we will that's because people are charging their cars and all that stuff at night right or just live it living their life adam so really? uh okay. you know air conditioning heating you know heating cooling uh stoves anything electric that's happening at nighttime is uh there it, it appears there's not enough power and there's a tremendous amount of excess power during the day I would say tremendous, but I mean, it, that's the theory. Right. And I think we're, we're using all of that power. So uh, it's not going to waste. But what uh, the California utilities are saying is, okay, now we need to really ramp up battery storage because the excess power during the day, instead of going back to the utility and then them really not having a use for it, as they say, <laughs> but businesses are still using tons of power in any event. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, they're saying, well, we need more battery storage. And so that means instead of sending power back to the grid in the middle of the day, it's actually being stored either in electric vehicles so that we might see some rate changes where it's going to make sense to charge your car, not at night, but during the middle of the day, mm. uh, especially for the net energy metering 3.0 people. And then before it always made sense, you know, do your laundry or do your pool heating or pool pumps and any kind of things that you can run at night, it might make sense now to, for not net energy metering 2.0 people, but the 3.0 people to do that kind of stuff uh, during the day. And so it's, it's going to be interesting how the rates change uh, and how net energy metering is going to shape uh, the demand because they definitely play with those rates back and forth and uh, what when it makes sense to do things and when it doesn't make sense. But it's a so, very interesting, always interesting time. So the upshot or like one of the results of the NEM 3.0 is shifting that battery responsibility onto consumers. For sure, yeah. Because uh, now PG&E can, can assume they're making it more, more likely someone's going to get batteries when before they were like, eh. 10 or 20 K no thanks. But now if it makes sense for them to shoulder that responsibility for the, the consumer to it, it's weirdly an ingenious uh, plan, <laughs> Jamie. No. Well, I don't know if it's ingenious. It just, it definitely, uh, I think pg and &E really got hit between the eyes with the power shutoffs when we had the fires three years ago. Okay. And, uh, when PG&E had to manually turn off power uh, for 3 million or 2 million people at one time. And also, they just couldn't supply the amount of power that people were needing. 
Uh, and so we had blackouts and yeah. uh, a lot of those people, uh, you know, are in really, really high end areas of Northern California. <laughs> and okay. I think a lot of those people have some influence and uh, probably did not care for having no power for four or five days when they spent $10 million on their home or, you know, something like that. So uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. And PG&E said, well, if there is a power outage, if we can push people to get batteries, it won't be, we won't get as many angry, hateful <laughs> death threat calls and emails and being called in front of uh, Congress or whatever and, and uh, trying to answer these questions that they just don't have answers to. And so I think that's where it all started really was mm. uh, with the power outages that they really want people to have their own backup power and backup generators, although the backup generators uh, apparently have caused more fires <laughs> than, than anything else. And so because allegedly, you know, allegedly, yeah, no, no studies for some reason about that. But yeah, it's uh, interesting, uh, you know, because those they, a lot of them do require gasoline or diesel or propane. And if mishandled, you're mishandling a bomb. And that's uh, that's not great for anybody. And so, uh, you know, batteries, very, very unlikely that they would catch on fire. Uh, but, you know, if there was a fire in the home, uh, then the batteries uh, have some insulation. But, uh, of course, yeah, they're, they're another source of uh, issue uh, with, wow. uh, with fires, too. Jamie, don't the batteries have, like, a shelf life, too? Like, they, they don't last for 25 years. So that's a cost yeah. calculation you guys in the solar industry, I have to make two, right, with the customer because they're you're selling solar, which is you know twenty twenty five years you can mm -hmm. expect to get production out of, but the batteries, what uh, after ten years, do they just take them off the wall uh, and replace them, or we'll see. Uh, oh, <laughs> so man. you know, it's right. uh, batteries. Every battery that's out there has a ten year warranty. And that warranty uh, does degrade every year. So basically, you, use, you lose about 10% of the capacity every year. And so basically, you know, after 10 years, uh, the batteries, you know, might have 20 or 30% of their original capacity. Wow. Uh, but what's also interesting is that the labor warranty that goes along with those, we're seeing that's being reduced to one year. So if somebody has a problem with the battery, in general, uh, and I'm not saying all batteries, but in general, the equipment itself will be covered by the warranty, but not the labor. And we've had to replace a few of these uh, batteries, uh, and they're not getting lighter. They are getting very heavy. We're, uh, we have one client who's putting in six batteries. He wanted to put them pretty high up on the wall, so about five feet off the wall, off the floor. And I told him, you know, that's 300 pounds each <laughs> that we have to on the wall. bring up five uh, on the wall, five feet. And, uh, you know, basically we'd have to rent a lift to do that and install them. And he's like, great, let's do it. And so we are, you know, we have to get the whole wall re-engineered and yeah. re-supported and everything. So, wow. uh, but he wants shelf space underneath the, anyway, so it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a whole process. Uh, and we'll see what happens. We are also seeing that uh, there are quite a few companies that are planning or are already in bankruptcy. And it's going to be, solar is going to be a world of attrition in who, who will be available to support their clients and who will be available to support new installs. 
and then all of these batteries and all these solar installs, it's going to be crazy what happens because uh, most most companies, if they're out of business and they've, you know, these customers have, like you mentioned, a 25 year warranty, very few of these companies will be around in 24. I'd say one out of 50 will be around in 25 years oh if, gosh. you know, things happen. So, and that's, that's because the buying process now is not a no brainer. Exactly. Yeah. Or so, as much of a no brainer because um, you're having, yeah, to, it's an investment now. So, I mean, I where if it's a break, you know, if you, like you mentioned, you have to add two batteries in to really make sense. Uh, you know, it's, you, it's going to be pretty close to what people are paying for PG&E, but as, wow. as of today, we're mm-hmm. also seeing huge increases coming in the summer. And where I mentioned that, that one client who has an $800 bill, it would probably be in the 1200 during the summer. And so that's, that's a lot of money. So it's ever changing, ever, uh, you know, ever eventful. Uh, we definitely want to continue doing the podcast, of course, and we will. Uh, it's just uh, never, never a dull moment in the world of solar and uh, what to, to keep people uh, aware of what's happening and uh, wow. how it affects their current system and how it'll affect uh, future systems. Last question. I, it'll be a quick one, I promise. If someone wants to write a letter to someone complaining about this, the, the NEM 3.0, who do they write that letter to? Probably their moving company because it's time to <laughs> they have to move out of Cal- California, unfortunately. And it seems that that's, I mean, you, you kind of take the 10,000 foot view of what is happening in California. Used to be the best place to live and best place to, but to, oh, oof, it feels strategic to me that they're trying to move people out, but so maybe not. Letter maybe to Gavin a, Newsom? No. Meh. <laughs> no. Um, you lost my vote, Gavin. No. I don't know. I, it's it's unknown at this point because it, it to me all of these factors. Uh, you know, it's not a political podcast, Adam, but uh, well, I, all of the factors who, who, are pointing to get the hell out of California, people. <laughs> <laughs> Stop coming here and don't move here for one. And number two is, uh, you know, start start looking elsewhere because this, uh, it seems not a friendly to their resident state anymore. Okay. How about stopping air conditioning? Uh, well, you know, climate <laughs> keeps on rolling. It's 100 degrees next week, Adam. So I know. I know you you love to be in the 100 degree heat. Yes, I do. The, we yes, don't use our the best. AC here. <laughs> well, we're not talking about you. We're talking about other people, normal people. I live in a who, hole, a deep dark who, hole. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, I'll, I won't. I won't. Uh, what do they call it? Anyway, so. That's all for today. Okay. Uh, lots of excitement. We're going to wrap it up there. Thank you very much yep. for taking another few minutes out of your week to learn a little more about solar and especially solar in California with Jamie. Thank you very much, Jamie. And if you have a question for an upcoming podcast, you know what to do. You can go to our Facebook page, Straight Talk Solarcast, send us a message through there, or you can go to our website, solarharmonics.com, click on the podcast link at the top of the page, and you'll be taken to a library of our past episodes where Jamie has gone deep into the world of solar and probably answered every question you can think of there. Finally, if you have a friend considering going solar, this would be a great podcast to introduce to them because it does give you an unbiased, straight, all-fact podcast and uh, information that probably you're not hearing from whichever salesman is at your door. So... Introduce the podcast, rate us on iTunes if you can, and we'll see you next time, everybody. 
That's all for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Straight Talk SolarCast with solar expert Jamie Duran. Join us each week for more answers to your solar questions. Speaking of questions, got some? Email us at solarcast at solarharmonics.com and we'll be sure to give you an answer in an upcoming episode. This episode of Straight Talk SolarCast is brought to you by Solar Harmonics, the leading solar energy developer in Northern California, who invite you to own your energy. Visit them on the web at www.solarharmonics.com.